and welcome to the Shit We Do Outdoors podcast. My name is Monica Aguilar. The podcast mission is to empower, educate, and entertain through funny poop stories, long-form conversations with professionals, and empowering stories of people that are living life on their terms. Today we have Brian Livingston. He is an author and thru-hiker, and this is his first book. It's called The Habits of Squirrels, and so he kind of talks to us about his writing style and how he came upon this subject that is an outdoors book. And he also shares some tips on how to start writing your own book and all that process. So without further ado, here we have Brian. Uh, My name is Brian Livingston, uh, born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Through a series of events, I've wound up in Charleston, South Carolina with my wife in Black Lab. Up until very recently, I was a practicing attorney, and now I am working on promoting my debut novel, The The Habits of Squirrels. Awesome. Have you always written books and been writing, or was this just kind of a new hobby that you kind of picked up and decided to make more of a career kind of thing out of it? I took a couple creative writing classes, maybe in high school and college, and then I mean, nothing for a long time. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say this is a this is a new sort of whim to go out on. So would you mind sharing your relationship with the outdoors? Yeah, of course. You know, growing up, my house backed up to some woods and a creek. And um, that's where we, you know, me and the other kids in the neighborhood just spent pretty much all of our time for a couple of years, either just like trying to dam up that creek or going out and looking for critters. We're trying to get far enough away from our parents' houses that we could have a fire without them noticing. And uh, that just sort of continued, you know, as I got to be more of an adult, pretty much all my exercise takes out, out takes place outdoors, uh, trail running, trail hiking and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I like just going out and looking at the, the critters, even if it's just little squirrels or, you know, still crowd ads or all the stuff that's fun. You know, I got a, a black lab specifically to hike with. So, um, you know, if I go on vacation, it's hiking or outdoor related, you know, if I'm going out for the weekend, that's sort of, sort of where I go to get away from everything and find my recreation. Nice. And you've hiked the Appalachian Trail before, correct? Yes. yes. When was that and what was the catalyst for that? So I through hiked in 2013. I graduated from Clemson University in 2012 and sort of took a gap year before starting law school. And the catalyst for it, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something outdoors. I was a little limited in my funds and the Appalachian Trail is about the cheapest way you can live for five months. <laughs> and um, I had a, a brother-in-law that had done it. So I had a pretty good resource and figured out more information about it. And then almost most importantly, it was only about an hour and a half from my parents' house. So uh, they could drop me off. And if things went poorly, they could pick me right back up. Uh, luckily it didn't come to that that's kind of funny that uh you said that hiking the trail is cheap because in some ways it is cheap but it's also like getting that initial capital that little nest egg that's like I don't know five to ten grand is kind of hard but yeah when you Uh, look at it in reality of how much I would be spending at home it's way cheaper so oh yeah and then I was talking to other buddies who backpack Europe and everything that you know five grand is like what they spend seems like in, you know, two weeks yeah. for hostels and moving around and doing all that. So it was definitely more possible for me at that time than doing something like that. 
Yeah, I know. It's really hard for me now to like spend money on flights and go somewhere and be like, I spent a grand in a week. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Um, Think of all the fun I could have with that grand if we just went out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So would you mind introducing and describing your book for us? Yep. So my, my book is The Habits of Squirrels. It follows sort of the misadventures of Gabe Jenkins, a retired mailman who's uh, on the Great Eastern Trail, which is a fictionalized Appalachian Trail. Um, I realize there is a, a real Great Eastern Trail, but they just happened to share a name. Um, something I sort of earmarked to change and then just, just never came up with a better name. Um, but uh, it follows him going up the, uh, the trail. He's sort of uh, going through a late in life crisis trying to figure out how he's lived his life and how he feels about it and how he feels about his family. And uh, for me, at least, you know, the, the highlight of the journey is the characters that he meets along the way. Okay, so it's interesting that it is a fictional trail because I was trying to look it up and I was like, okay, there is a Great Eastern Trail. I didn't look up any of the towns that you had in this to see if it lined up, but I was like, okay, there's a Great Eastern Trail. I guess he's talking about that one. So that's interesting that it's a fictional trail. I'm glad now I know. (laughs) What made you decide to make your own trail rather than just talking about the Appalachian Trail that you already know about? Uh, Oh, I didn't want to be sort of held down by geographic geographic realities you know when he when I needed something to happen I wanted to be able to build a mountain there or put in a town mm-hmm. and then I wanted that town to you know be a specific way you know the towns are all very different that he goes into and uh, you know the some of them mirror towns on the trail and then some of them are pure fiction and some of them are very exaggerated towns on the trail but it just uh, you know not all the town descriptions are extremely glowing or friendly but mm-hmm. I wanted to be freed up to do that without really taking shots at these small Appalachian yeah. towns. that's fair that's very cool yeah having that liberties and yeah I think I think there's a lot of trails about or like a lot of books about the Appalachian Trail so it's kind of cool to have something that's a little bit different that's not just yeah. like I hiked here and then I hiked here and then I hiked here so I thought it was yeah, really cool. Give, give some more wiggle room, can uh, exaggerate some of the incidents, can exaggerate some of how stuff happens or just, you know, change the way it happens. If I thought it would be more interesting going a different way. It also saved me from having to call up all the people that I hiked with and said, <laughs> you mind if I use me, use you in my book? Yeah. Are there any stories or things that happen in this book that are like similar to something that happened to you or is it all completely different? Uh, I mean, it all... It's all drawn from the Appalachian Trail. You know, over the course of writing, you know, the the incident that inspired stuff in the book sort of got twisted into something else or just changed altogether. My hike is so intertwined with Gabe's hike that it, you know, it's probably hard to separate the two and at, mm-hmm. at any point, really. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you have any affinities to any of the characters? Are you like, is, is Gabe kind of a little bit you? even though you're not a retired mailman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gabe's probably too much me. You know, as Gabe was going through his sort of crisis and hiking his hike, you know, I was writing the book and trying to, you know, figure out what my path in life was going to be. So I definitely, Mm -hmm. I sympathize with Gabe to a pretty deep level. I really enjoyed Jezebel. I enjoyed writing her. I found like, it felt like I found her voice pretty quickly. And then, um, you know, Whenever I'd go back and make edits, I always found that I was making fewer edits in her portions of the book because I just 
it came relatively naturally, at least hopefully. And then, um, you know, I was always excited to get back to the, the scenes and I was always excited to when he first in, encounters her and to get through that portion. Yeah. And just uh, just for the listeners, who is Jezebel? She is the first hiker that gave me and she's a, a younger hike, a younger female hiker that uh, kind of takes him from useless old man eating plain rice and shows him how to eat and hike and where to set up his tent and just mm-hmm. clears out his pack a little bit. She was a fun character. I really liked her. Okay, so tell us about the magic on the trail. And do you have do you have any superpowers like your characters? So in the book, um, just for the listeners, there's certain characters that have these kind of magical qualities. Like one of them has this little dance that he does and it gets him hitchhikes. Um, I feel like there was a couple other ones. But yeah, do you have any magical powers when you're through hiking? And yeah, why, uh, so why did that- you choose Little Magic? That aspect of the book, um, that kind of comes from my jealousy of the people who seem like they had magic. Uh, that you're going out when you're hiking, you meet these people and they just, they seem to be able to appear where they need to be. You know that they're 12 miles behind you or something, then all of a sudden they'll be right next to you. Um, you know, they'll be able to, they'll show up with a, a case of beer when there's no way that they could have gone anywhere and had been bought that or achieved that the through hiking or the hitchhiking in particular hiked with a guy he was you know six foot six had a big beard had dreadlocks there's no business for him being good at hitchhiking (laughs) but i mean he could do it and he you know towards the end just he would be able to hitchhike into any town no matter how small or dirt road it was and he was always able to get in and out without trouble he was always able to do it quickly and you know i could never a ride i don't know what my aura is that i put off and i can never get anyone to stop so a lot of a lot of those magic superpowers are things that other people had that i was mostly just jealous of <laughs> tried to take my crack at having it did gabe have a superpower i didn't really notice if he had any necessarily besides just maybe being a bit of like the glue to meet all these people <laughs> along the trail I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, he, he sees the ghost. I think he's the only person in the book to actually see the ghost. We won't know until Gabe knows. I don't think Gabe really opened himself to that experience. I don't think yeah. he would go out of his way to see another ghost after that mm-hmm. experience. So um, it's, a, it's a possibility. I mean, there's evidence of it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that Gabe would ever let us know about that. Did, did you have any other, any uh, supernatural experiences when you were through hiking or? Not on the through hike. Um, the year after we through hiked, a group of us went and did the sort of the, or tried to do the remaining portion of the long trail. And we stayed in one of those shelters in Vermont that I guess is made for winter hiking and you can slide the big barn door shut. Mm-hmm. So we had it shut and it was a full moon and we we're in there sleeping and, um, there's a, a shaft of moonlight coming through one little vent or something in the, in the roof. And I woke up, I guess, two or three in the morning. And there was a little girl's face looking at me in the moonlight. So I sort of like jumped back and, uh, as much as the sleeping bag allows and I like hit the wall. And by the time I sort of recollected myself, it was gone. And I was in my sleeping bag, you know, sweating on a cold night. And then we looked up the next morning, like Google Island and then the, the shelter log and it was riddled with, you know, other ghost experiences. So that's the only ghost experience I've ever had. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm. Yeah, I don't like to camp. I do sometimes camp alone, but I'm like so paranoid about. I, it's so dumb, but I'm like, oh my god, supernatural activity. Like, am I gonna get murdered? Is an animal gonna come after me? That uh, that tent wall starts to seem real thin when you're out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like it's probably good that you didn't read the logbook beforehand because I think that would have manifested it more for it to happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was a very uh, visceral experience as it was. Didn't need to add yeah. to it. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because sometimes you're like, how much of this is like my brain like fitting the pieces together to make something happen here, and yeah. how much of it is just yeah like. I don't know. Sometimes you hear like creepy creaking, but it's just like a tree branch or something. So, but your brain is telling you that it's someone walking through the woods or something. Oh yeah. You get like the light breeze that rustles the leaves. Like, well, here it is. Sudden death. Yep. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the at-home dynamic was very relatable. So Gabe's spouse was not necessarily too keen on the through hiking, kind of felt like she was being left at home. Do you want expanding on that? Like, how do you feel? Do you think that that's like a very common theme? How do you feel about the character development of his wife over time? Yeah, Claire's wife, I, I like to think so sort of at the beginning, she's kind of bemused by it. You know, just like mm-hmm. another sort of male whim that he's going off on. You know, I, I think at some point she lists off other projects that he sort of picked up and dropped. And she's like, all right, Gabe, you go on your hike. You have fun. And then that sort of starts to turn as he stays out there longer and, you know, starts to change a little bit, starts eating gas station food and picking mushrooms, then she really starts to get scared and you know, maybe resent the hike because she doesn't know, you know, why is he out there? What's going on in our life that is so dissatisfying that he has to go for this long walk? And then uh, is he coming home or what's coming home? What is my husband turning into? Yeah, and that's that's another thing yet. Yeah, Sort of based, I guess, secondhand on just watching other people communicate with their their spouses back home as they're out on the trail going out on this and trying to explain why they're doing this and not at home in a comfortable bed eating home cooking and living the good life. Yeah, I think this is a very, at least from my personal experience, like I've through hiked with partners at home and they've been very supportive, but it is a very interesting concept of the people that are left at home. They're like, why are you doing this? You have other things you should be doing. Like, why aren't you working on your career? There's all this like laundry list of things that I feel like you should be doing rather than hiking or going on an adventure. So yeah. And then, you know, some if you don't understand the joys of hiking and you know why it's all right to go out there and poop in the woods and be cold and miserable and tired and sweaty, it's really hard to explain to someone why that's a good thing. And so if you're doing it. You know, sort of at their uh, at their loss, it's, it's it can create a pretty big divide. Yeah, would you mind telling us the process of self publishing? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are maybe interested in writing a book and stuff. So I'm curious about from paper writing something down. When did you decide you were going to write a book? How long did it take? So I just I decided I was going to write a book. Like January of 2018. And I got maybe 25,000 words into um, my first draft. And it was not, it was about hiking. It was about the Great Eastern Trail, but it was not from the perspective of Gabe Jenkins. 
it was from a younger guy that was more similar to my age and sort of just me uh, when I threw hike. <laughs> and then I, I got into that and I realized that I did not like it and um, I did not want to approach it from that angle. And uh, so I went back and I started from Gabe's perspective, probably in March of that year, wrote for 18 months or two years with you know various drafts and reworkings and then took it to uh, an editor for people who are going to self-publish editing and getting a professional editor is the most important thing you can do. Uh, it immensely helped this novel and it, you know, just ideas that I never would have come up with and just structuring that I never you know, wasn't advanced enough to, to figure out. After that, I made a pretty big push at getting traditionally published, queried agents, uh, literary agents for eight months, maybe even a year, and then um, started the self-publishing process. Self-publishing, most important website you'll do is uh, readsy.com. That's where I found my editor. It's uh, where I found the uh, the cover designer, who I think did a wonderful job. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, they have marketers. They have people who can help you with absolutely everything. But, uh, you know, edited the novel, got the cover design, had to format the novel. But... Um, it's a long process. Um, it's very enjoyable at this point. You know, when, when I went through the printer, Ingram's Park and got that first batch of books, it's a, it's an enjoyable process. It's a lot of work and it's kind of overwhelming. You know, um, I think maybe four months ago now, I wasn't on social media at all. And now I'm all over it just trying to um, get the word out about my book. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a lot of nuances and there's so many small moving parts. So yeah, what did the editor do but I'm assuming it's way more than just like moving commas around are they helping you with the structure of it and like their development or yeah yeah it had had a different ending when I sent it to him and so we we worked on the ending and got something that you know hopefully more tied everything up and was more satisfying to read uh he told me which parts were boring which parts were unnecessary what he didn't you know like we what we talked about with Claire and just sort of the spouses at home Um, He really helped me sort of develop that and strengthen that as a a driving sort of tension in the story and just, you know, worked on, I break the book into sort of, I think, four acts as he encounters the different groups of people. And he helped me um, have all those acts sort of stand on their own as a story, but also build as part of the overall habits of squirrels through arcs. Tough love sometimes. To uh, have something that you've worked on that hard to think, no, no, 40 pages are done. But it, yeah. it uh, makes for a better product. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I feel like sometimes when you're in your own work, it's hard to see that because it's your baby. So Yeah, you're you're very close to it. So you, it's nice to have someone else come in and be like, yeah, you did this well. We also did all this very, very poorly. Yeah, I'm an artist, so I do like lots of paintings and things like that. And uh, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, someone else look at this. I can't even tell what I'm like, because I also sometimes think everything looks bad. And people are like, no, that looks fine. I know it's a flower. (laughs) And you're like, okay, good. As long as everyone knows it's a flower, we're fine. Yeah, no, I bother bother my wife with that a pretty big (laughs) deal when uh, in my writing, just showing something to her and be like, is this something? Is Is this too weird or is this too anything? Can you tell me with your sane brain? Did you have any squirrel encounters on your through hike at all? I don't think I had any bad squirrel encounters. Certainly not on the level of Gabe or some of his companions. Just, just watching them. You know, definitely you piss some off because they 
you know, they'll try to run away with, from you, but they'll run down the trail. So they'll just keep encountering you. So yeah. you get the ones that like eventually turn around and hiss. But uh, I got pretty lucky on that front. I think some people did, you know, um, maybe not get mauled, but have their close encounters with squirrels. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I feel like I had a lot of mouse encounters when I was hiking. They just <laughs> ate through all my stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that old sound of the mouse scurrying over your sleeping bag is one of the worst things in the world. Mm-hmm. I remember I had my I had my food bag. We had hung them like over a river on a branch and they still got chewed through. <laughs> and it was not even a shelter, it was a campsite. And I was so mad because I bought really nice granola. I bought like $8 granola and they went for my $8 granola. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so I think I just ended up like picking apart the part that they had eaten. And then I kept the rest because I was like, I'm not throwing this out. That was expensive shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that makes you a true hiker. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I imagine I would have done the same. Yeah. Okay, so do you have any of your own poop stories that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think I've ever told this story on air before. I, uh, I pooped myself in a Dollar General in Daleville, Virginia. Um, the night before, I'd camped with um, a guy who sort of lived on the trail at the time and was just sort of bouncing, bouncing around. And we had gone to Little Caesar's Pizza and um i hung out by the river i think we got you know some beer or something and then the next day we we went our different ways i went into town to resupply and i got into uh the dollar general and i was just perusing the aisles and then all of a sudden you know the the need hit and by the time i really realized what was going on it was already too late so um, you know, I think by the time I asked the associate where the uh, the bathroom was, the deed had been done. And I just went in the bathroom, finished up to the extent I could, cleaned up, and, <laughs> and decided to get a hotel room that night. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've uh, had some close encounters in towns. And I feel like that's almost worse than on the trail because you have to be presentable. Talk to people and, yeah, yeah. communicate. And you can't just, like, pull over and, you know, dig a hole or something yeah 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 i don't know if it was the the little caesars or if it was just keeping it was, it was pretty uh pretty gross company for the night pretty rough morning well is there anything else you want to share or add about your book or anything like that but, you know i hope it inspires people to go out and hike it's supposed to be a positive spin on hiking i know uh Dave, gabe can get a little negative but you know part of the idea is to, to get people outdoors and enjoying the world yeah and i think gabe really uh he he learns to enjoy it and uh learns to like go with the flow a little bit more and have a little more like spontaneity in his life so that's good yeah yeah and i feel like towards the end he's a very not that he wasn't giving in the beginning but he was very giving character so thanks good i don't know um okay so how can people get the book and your instagram and everything like that Yep. So um, the book is available on Amazon. It's the, the Habit of Squirrels. It's available on my website, brianlivingstonbooks.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably the platform I'm most active on, uh, Brian Livingston Books. I'm Livingston Books on Twitter. I am working on my Twitter presence. And then on Facebook, it is author Brian Livingston. 
And uh, yeah, feel, feel free to reach out, follow me, ask questions. I'm here to help. Awesome. And uh, are you missing me? You're working on another book? Yeah, yeah. I'm working on, uh, I guess, what are now short stories, and we'll see if one of them sort of takes off. Nice. It's, a, it's a long time to spend with characters, so you got to make sure yeah. you like them first. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that episode. You can check out the show notes to see where you can get Brian's book if you're interested. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, I also am going to be giving away a copy. So you can just go on my Instagram and put your name in the ring for that. The Instagram is at shitoutdoorspod. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you could please take one minute and leave a review, I would really appreciate it. It helps get other people to see the show. As a little incentive, if you screenshot your review and send it to me, I'll send you some stickers. You can follow us on Instagram at shitoutdoorspod. Additionally, I'm always looking for guest ideas and poop stories. So you can email me at shitoutdoorspod at gmail.com. And like I said, I really would love to hear your input. Any ideas you have, we are always here for them. So thank you so much and I hope you have a great day. Bye.